Welcome to the MPYA podcast. MPYA is a gathering designed specifically for young adults. In this podcast, you'll hear messages from our gatherings as well as conversations that we hope will help you navigate these defining years of your life. We hope you'll join us as we explore practical ways we can follow Jesus in our everyday lives. As always, be sure to follow us on Instagram at North Point Young Adults and subscribe to the podcast if you like what you hear. But with that in mind, let's jump into this week's episode. Everyone's favorite subject, right? No? Yeah. I see some faces are like, no, not really. Uh, kind of nervous to even walk in the room tonight. Um, but that's okay. I'm excited to talk about uh, dating. It's going to be amazing. But I get it. If there's nervousness, if there's anxiety, or if there's like some weird feelings around dating, I get it. Dating is complicated. Like it's the wild, wild west out there right now. Like I feel like back in the day, it was so easy. When I think about, I mean, I don't know everyone's parents' story, but I'm like, did they, I feel like everyone just met at school and then they were married by 16. Like <laughs> they were just asking each other out and they were getting married pretty quick. It was amazing. But it's completely changed now. It's different. Uh, I was just listening to some conversation the other day and this girl was like, yeah, I feel like he likes me because he hearted my Instagram story. Are you serious? Yep. I, I heart Instagram stories all You're the time. You're I'm like, a married that's man. How I tell them. That's tough. <laughs> Uh, but seriously, like the, the most minor things, we've got all this different communication, all these mixed signals that we can send people that it's like, man, where do I even begin with some of this stuff? Um, you can slide in DMs. I think I slid in your DMs too, you did. right? I was about to uh, say that. Yeah. Yep. Sometimes you just got to follow, show you're interested and then slide in the DMs. That's just the way it goes, man. Um, so it, it did work. But then you got to figure out too, what even is a date? What is it? Like, is it if you hold hands? Is it uh, if he buys the meal? Is it if he picks you up? I feel like people were asking me this and I'm like, or I'm asking them this and they're like telling me yes to all these. And I'm like, y'all are dating. And they're like, no, we're not. But I'm like, yeah, that is a date. <laughs> like, I think we're all working under different definitions. And then eventually, is it like, when do I have to tell them that I'm breaking up with them? Mm-hmm. Like, and do I have to do it in person? Or can I just ghost? Right? No, don't ghost. Why? <laughs> I feel like ghosting is the move sometimes. No, 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 it's not. If you're not super into it. Didn't tell them. And you've only gone on one date. Thank you, bro. All right. I mean, I was, yeah, Mm -mm. yeah, some of these people out here, they're like having to have serious convos if they've gone on one date. It's like, just walk away. I think that's kind. No, okay. Clarity is kind. Clarity is kind. Um. But yeah, I mean, dating is confusing. Taylor Swift made a whole career off of this. Mm. Anybody Mm. go to the Taylor Swift concert? Shout out. Let's go. Uh, so good. So amazing. Um, so good. But she literally made a career off of dating. And so there's a lot to touch on here. We're going to try to touch on a few things yeah. that we feel like are important. It's going to be fun. This is something new that we've never done before. We're trying to preach together right now, mm-hmm. tonight. Um, so we're going to see how that goes for the first time ever. One, because I feel like this topic of dating kind of requires two different views, uh, a, a woman's view and a guy's view. I just feel like that makes it so much better. Also, two, uh, because she's a better preacher than me. So I just get to sit up here and look good because she's amazing at this. That is kind yeah, that's that right. Is kind so to catch you up to speed, we're in this series called Asking for a Friend. Um, tonight we're talking about a different question. Hopefully it's intriguing. Hopefully mm-hmm. you guys like it. And so Ali, I want to toss this question to you. I love it. Is my soulmate really on hinge? Wow. That is the question. What a question. For thank, you yeah. for, thank you for asking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I do want to say before we jump into it, 
thanks for being here. We're really excited to talk to you. It's really fun that we get to talk to you together. It's really different, so <laughs> bear with us. This is our first time talking together. But um, we did date each other, and we ended up getting married, and so we've been married for three years. And we don't know everything, but we do want to share some things that we have learned along the way. So the question, is my soulmate on Hinge? Well, um, I think sometimes uh, Hinge and apps might have a negative connotation. We did not meet on an app, but I have um, a lot of friends who have met their significant other and even spouses on dating apps. So I don't necessarily think that dating apps are bad at all. Um, but I think tonight we're going to talk more about um, the who to date rather than just like the how to date. Um, and then this idea of soulmate, I think is really interesting. There's this it's almost like a rumor, like a spiritual theological rumor that when God made you, he made like you as a half a person and then he made the other half of you. And then for some reason, honestly, a little bit rude, he like dropped you guys in different places and you're supposed to spend your entire life searching for that one person that's gonna complete you. And honestly, that breaks down because if you, if someone else marries like your soulmate and then you have to marry somebody else's soulmate and then that person's soulmate, what are they supposed to do? So like the whole like idea kind of breaks down and I don't believe um, that God created one person, one perfect person for each of us. I believe um, that there are choices and there are options. And honestly, I think that can even be a little bit more overwhelming, the fact that like we get to choose and we have to figure it out and we have to discern who's good for us and who's bad for us and all of these things. Um, but I think it's actually great. And we also, Clay became the one for me when I chose to marry him. When I stood in front of God and witnesses and said, hey, I'm committing my entire life to you, all of a sudden that made Clay the one for me, not because God had you know, made us at the same time and made us find each other. Um, I really like to believe that they, that happened. That it's a sweet thing to yeah. believe. You're right. but <laughs> And I don't like thinking about who else you would have married. Yeah, whatever. it's okay. We don't have to. It's yeah. fine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but tonight we kind of want to talk about uh, how to find a person that you could actually spend forever with. Because I think um, a lot mm -hmm. of us want to spend forever with a person. We like the idea um, that we're going to spend our entire lives and potentially grow a family and be committed to one person for the rest of our lives. Um, but unfortunately, for different reasons, I think maybe because you're lonely or maybe because you're feeling insecure about yourself or you really just want to go ahead and find someone, you want to rush the process, we oftentimes end up with right now people, even though we ultimately want a forever person. So tonight, we want to talk about how to find your forever person instead of just settling for your right now a person. Yeah, uh, that's really good. Uh, but like she said, tonight we're gonna talk about right now versus forever people. And I kind of, as we were talking about this and thinking through the topic, I started thinking about uh, investing. Do we have anybody that likes to invest in stocks in the room? Very romantic question. Very little, very rare. Allie was like, don't use this analogy. <laughs> but I was like, I guarantee you there's some people in the room who like to invest. Okay, whatever, I'll explain it a little bit real quick. We're all gonna learn something. Yeah, so. When I was in college, when I was a young adult, uh, this little app called Robinhood came out. You know what Robinhood is? Yes, okay. So Robinhood is this app. It made investing in stocks super accessible. Anybody could do it. You could jump in and start investing in stocks, whatever you wanted to do. So me and my friends get together and we're like, 
This is gonna be amazing. I thought you had to wait until you were an adult to do this stuff. We can get rich right now. We can start investing in some amazing companies, uh, invest in our futures. Our families are gonna be wealthy. Like it's gonna mm. be incredible. Uh, amazing motive, right? It started with such a good motive. Uh, so we go and do some research and we're like, uh, so what should I start with? Like, what should I invest in? And we go to the professionals. We're like, let's look at what Warren Buffett suggests. What does he do? And he's like, you need to go and find the companies that you know a lot about uh, that you're familiar with, that maybe you like to use, that you could easily explain to somebody. They're telling us this, and so it's like, okay, maybe I should go invest in Apple. I love Apple products. I feel like I can explain them pretty well. They're beautiful. They're easy to use. Uh, I, I was like, maybe I should go invest in Costco. Amazing, all those products. Nike, like some amazing stuff. The problem was I go on the site, and I'm looking at it, and I'm like, all of the prices are like $200 or more. And so for me, I didn't want to break the bank. I was planning on paying just like putting just $200 in fully. And so I didn't know, I, I, I was like, this isn't fun. This isn't gonna be uh, what I wanted. I was trying to make money now and later, not just later. If I invested in just Nike or Apple, I was gonna put $200 in and then maybe gain a dollar or two over the course of a year. But I didn't wanna wait. I wanted to have fun right now. I wanted to invest in the stocks right now that were maybe gonna make a huge gain um, and maybe it would work out. But it, it was a high risk, high reward, but maybe it was gonna work out. Uh, but we usually just wind up losing money and wasting our time. Our guy, me and my guys, like we invested in all this stuff just based on what their bio said and was it a cool technology stock or an IPO and it just never went well because we kept settling for, man, let's just do what's fun right now rather than waiting for later. And I think it would have been so much better off if I had just bought an Apple stock and let it ride and I would have made, actually made money. Uh, but I think so oftentimes we can overvalue the present, overvalue what we want now rather than overvaluing what we want later or valuing what we want in the future. That was so, a good illustration. Yeah, I'm sorry. I thought that was going to go better. That was great. No, it's <laughs> also like macaroni and cheese. Um, have you guys ever had those little Mac and plastic cheese? macaroni and cheese cups that you throw <laughs> in the microwave and then like technically it's macaroni and cheese and you're like, mmm, yum. Versus like your grandmother's recipe that she gave you one year for Christmas and it takes like two and a half hours and there's like 17 different cheeses and you're like, do I really want to invest in this type of like putting in the work for this mac and cheese? But you do and then it is ultimately better. Very similar illustration, I would say. That's I guess, two. yeah, sure. Sure, but <laughs> dating is all about waiting and evaluating. <laughs> That's kind of what we're talking about um, tonight because we think that dating isn't the goal. I think that dating is actually a process that we move through in order to have a full life commitment, which is marriage. And I'm not saying that marriage needs to be y'all's life goal. I don't think it should be. But for the context of this conversation and relationships, the goal of dating is to ultimately get married. And so when we're thinking through that lens, I think it's easier to be like, okay, no, this is the type of person I want to marry. So why am I going for these certain types of people? Why am I giving my time to these certain types of people? And so tonight, we're going to give you four things. We're going to give you four ways that you could potentially settle versus waiting and evaluating and maybe getting something a little bit better. Um, and I know that you know, when you come to something like this and we're talking about something so specific, you want to tune out. If maybe you're married, maybe you're like super single and you're like not interested in dating and that's totally fine. But I do think that there's something in this for all of us because we're going to be talking about principles of people you should be looking for, but they're also principles of who we should pursue to be ourselves. 
Um, our lead pastor says to be the person that the person you're looking for is looking for. I'm going to say that again slower. To be the person that the person you're looking for is looking for. So when you imagine the type of person you want to ultimately end up with, you want to be the type of person that that type of person would want to be with. Um, so so wherever you are in this room, you can think through it through that lens or maybe through the lens of, I want to find a significant other who I can spend my life with. What do I need to look for? So Clay, why don't you kick us off? Let's do this. Number one, uh, we are looking at believer versus pursuer. Hmm. So when we're thinking about, are we going to date for right now versus forever? I want us to think about believer versus pursuer. I think for so long, uh, we just told Christians that they need to make sure that they're dating other Christians. That if you're a believer, you need to date other believers, which is totally true. And we get that from this verse right here. 2 Corinthians 6, 14 through 15 says this, do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. For what partnership has righteousness with lawlessness? Or what fellowship has light with darkness? What accord has Christ with Belial, which is just another word for Satan? Or what portion does a believer share with an unbeliever? So he's reeling all of these things off, talking about fellowship, talking about uh, not being unequally yoked, talking about partnerships, and all of these things are complete opposites. They're directly opposed to one another. And he's saying, don't get into a partnership with someone that's directly opposed to you. And so the advice that we have told people in the church to not link believers with unbelievers is absolutely true. But I think he's also going a little bit further here. And so I want to look at specifically what is a yoke. Hmm. And so we actually have a picture of this. Here we go. Hmm, look and, at those cows. Look at those cows. Or are they bulls? <laughs> oh, that's the question. That's embarrassing. No, I think they are bulls for sure. Um, <laughs> I said cows. Oops. Yeah. Okay. So I want you to imagine. So this is a yoke. It's this wooden contraption that they would throw over animals, uh, bulls, cows, different animals that were pulling something behind them. So it would till up the land. It would uh, get the dirt ready to plant in the soil. Uh, sometimes I see them hooked up to this and they're just pulling a person. It's like a wagon almost. And so this contraption, this yoke is actually thrown over two animals to make the load lighter, to make the load easier uh, for pulling. And so I want you to imagine for a second if one of these animals was actually a little lamb or a little goat, if you will. I really wanted to throw up a picture of one of these little animals next to here, but I, it would have been weird, I feel like. So <laughs> just imagine it in your heads, <clears throat> having like a little lamb next to one of these massive bulls. It would be so weird. They are directly opposite. It's going to be weird and not even really work that well because the bull is obviously going to be pulling everything else. Honestly, all that little lamb or goat is going to be doing is adding to the weight of the first bull. It's not even going to be able to pull its own weight. Honestly, it might just kind of dangle there and be dragging its feet. And it's probably going to get frustrated. It's going to feel insecure if goats feel insecure. Mm. It's going to be like, man, I'm not doing anything. I can't help here. It's not going well for me. So if one tries to go too fast and the other wants to stand still and starts dragging its feet, it's going to get frustrating and take forever. So I think not only do you have to be a believer, two believers running together, yoked together, I think you also need to be able to move at the same pace. Mm. I think there's something too about if the one was trying to go super fast and it's just dragging the other, it's like, man, we're not going to get anywhere. You're kind of holding me back. Or if one tries to go one way and the other tries to go the other way because they're just directly opposed on direction and where they're going to go, they're not going to get very far and they're definitely not going to get very far very fast. But if we go with what's here, if there's two bulls up there, we're going to move at a pretty good pace. 
we're going to move at a pretty good clip. It's going to double our effectiveness. If I'm matched up with someone else that is like me, that uh, is maybe even better than me, my pace is going to go through the roof. I'm going to keep trying and striving to be a better person. I'm going to keep striving and trying to be, uh, get done faster, and we're going to help each other along the way. Um, as we were thinking about this, I also was thinking about CrossFit. Any CrossFitters in the room? No. Man, I am my on my people. own boat out here. Um, we need to have conversation afterwards. See me after class, everybody. Oh, uh, just kidding. <clears throat> so CrossFit, sometimes you got to do partner workouts. When you do partner workouts, you get matched up with somebody. You can find your own partner, whatever. Some of them, sometimes you get matched up with a beginner. And sometimes you get matched up with someone who's elite. I feel like I'm somewhere in the middle. I just am trying to get by out You're here. You're elite. No, I'm yeah. definitely not elite. You're elite. No, so... But the thing is, sometimes I end up with a beginner, and I'm not saying I'm the best, but I, I feel like he feels insecure because he's like, I'm not going to be able to go as hard as this guy. And I feel like I'm kind of having to hold back from what I could really do because I don't want to make him feel like he's doing too much. And so the whole time, it's this give and take. But if I were to get with someone who is my same speed, my same effectiveness, my same um, abilities, we're going to push each other. We're going to keep running harder and faster, and we're both going to get better, and we're going to get the time done uh, in the time cap, which is a thing in CrossFit. So um, it's just a huge thing. It's, it doubles your effectiveness. You want to be matched up with someone who's not just a believer, but also a pursuer, someone who is chasing after Christ at the same pace that you are. So Paul is comparing this to relationships. It's not just an animal or agriculture thing. He's pulling this into relationships. And in order for this to work, you have to be moving in the same direction, in the same speed, at the same pace, or you're just going to get frustrated. And this is most important when it comes to our faith. I love this quote. A.W. Tozer says, what comes to mind when we think about God is the most important thing about us. So what comes to mind, what our faith is, that's a huge part of who we are. And so if we link up with someone that we don't have a similar faith to, or we're not chasing after Christ or God at the same speed as them, we're going to wind up pretty frustrated because that's a huge part of our lives. And so I just want to reiterate, not just believing, but pursuing. I feel like I've noticed in our culture, too, that anyone on the apps or anyone uh, in life can kind of throw a Bible verse up on their bio, um, or they can play a Hillsong worship song, uh, or they can go to church occasionally. Um, and it puts off this front that they are a believer, a believer. But until you actually get to know the person, I'm not sure you can actually say that person is a Christian. I think there are a lot of Christians, potentially Christians walking around that are just saying they're Christians. I'm not sure they actually are. So it's not until we actually get to know the people that we get to walk with them and talk with them and learn uh, their pace and what they're pursuing in their lives that we actually get to figure out where they're at. And we're, we can decide, okay, they're the one that I want to run with. Um, they're the one that I want to yoke myself to. I remember this with Allie. I was uh, single at the time and I just decided for me as a single guy, I wanted I felt like a good use of my time was just, just to take a seminary class. Uh, they were offering it at the church I was going to at the time. And I was like, man, I just want to learn more about God. And so I wanted to spend my time doing that. And that eventually led to me joining a residency program here at North Point. And all of a sudden, I'm moving down this path, just doing what I feel like God's calling me to do. And then I look to my left and I'm like, who's that girl? And then it was cool. I got to just be friends with her for a year. We were just kind of texting I did slide in the DMs, I think, at one point, but we were still just stayed friends for a while. Um, and it was actually amazing, just being in class with her, being friends. I just got to watch her as a human being, as 
a person, and I was watching, like, how does she treat people? How does she talk to people? Uh, how does she pray? Like, how does she read her, the Bible and do all these things? And it was like, man, I just get to watch her. Um, and I even thought at one point that she knew the Bible better than me, um, <laughs> that she prayed better than me. And for, I mean, for me, as I'm thinking about all of this, believing versus pursuing, it's like, man, that was super appealing to me. I know some of you maybe feel like insecure if that person is way ahead of me uh, in scripture or can know all of this stuff that I will never know or I feel uncomfortable praying in front of them. But for me, I saw her faith and where she was at and I was like, man, I want to run with that because it's gonna make me better. Um, and so you just link up with people who are gonna make you better and yoke yourself to them and it's gonna be amazing. I love the word yoke. Uh, I don't yoke. know, it's kind of weird. Um, but again, to be a Christian means to be a little Christ. It means to imitate Christ. So you're looking at his life, you're learning what he did, and you're beginning to live like him. So when you're looking for someone to partner with, to date, make sure that you are looking for someone that is imitating Christ, that is actually a disciple who's actually walking the walk and not just talking the talk. Because like I said, people can just put stuff on there. I see Bible verses everywhere, all over the place. They're in restaurants, and all of a sudden we're going to them because it feels like they're Christian. Anybody can say that. And so just make sure the person you're looking for is doing the things that are chasing after Christ. Like uh, Allie would have done all those things even if we weren't dating. She'd be in a community group. She'd be praying. She'd be reading God's word, spending in quiet time, committed um, to prayer. So watch how they live. Don't just settle. I, I don't want you to ask the question, oh, are they Christian enough? Is it enough? Like, are they just a believer? I want you to look at them and know that, man, they're chasing after Christ and I wanna be uh, along for the ride for that so that we can double our effectiveness for the Lord um, and be in that together. That's good. Yeah. That's great. Um, yeah, the second point um, that we have is, um, <clears throat> will you settle for a companion or will you wait and strive to be with a champion? Um, like I told you guys a little bit, I, I refer to myself as like a buddy girl. I like to have a buddy. Um, I'm definitely not an introvert, but like I don't love being around huge, huge crowds. I just like want one person with me at all time. Um, you get it. You're nodding. You're a buddy girl too. That's great. Um, yeah. But in, before, when I was in college and young adulthood specifically, that manifested a lot in like having a date or having a boyfriend. I just always wanted to have basically a companion with me, like a golden retriever probably would have done the job, um, but I just didn't want to be by myself. Um, and then I looked up the definition of a champion and it is a person who fights for a cause or on behalf of someone else. Um, and I feel like that is taking the companion idea to another level. It's someone who fights for something. It's, it's someone who does the hard things, has the hard conversation, and makes the people around you better. Um, a companion makes you feel good, but a champion <coughs> makes you better. So everybody, or a lot of us know that like initial talking stage when you first start dating someone and you're talking all the time and you have all the like chemicals firing off in your brain and you're like so obsessed with this person and you just like can't talk to them enough, can't call them enough. It's like the, okay, I'll call you in five minutes. And then like five minutes later, you're like, oh, I've missed you. You know, like that that season of like talking and getting to know someone. Um, I think that is a part of every dating relationship. And I think that's a part of relationships with people that you ultimately end up with. But I think it's important um, to pursue people and to be in relationship with people when that fades away, you still like them. When that fades away, there's still qualities about that person that you admire, that you respect, that you want to be around, and I ultimately think that a champion should make you 
better. Um, Proverbs 27, 17 says, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. And this is Solomon um, saying, hey, this is what a healthy relationship should look like. You two, each partner should actually make the other person better. You should leave that relationship better than when you came into it. That's what a healthy, God-centered relationship looks like. But it's also interesting because the idea of sharpening iron is kind of a, like, violent word picture. Um, It's very uncomfortable. It's probably painful um, because sometimes being with someone who is a forever type of person, you're going to have to have hard conversations with. Um, there's moments when we've been married for three years, there's moments in our marriage where we are frustrated with each other, that we are not having fun, but ultimately we still love each other because we respect each other and we make each other better. We push each other to actually be better. So a companion, like I said, will make you feel good and that's nice, I guess, but a champion will actually make you better. And I think this also goes in friendships. You should be in relationships with people who are willing to have the hard conversations, willing to put in the work, and willing to stick with you even when it's really, really hard. And then another one, a companion is there for you, but a champion will fight for you. Um, I just watched this last season of The Bachelor with Zach. Did anybody else? Yep. Okay. Um, Yeah, thank you. The first date with Katie, he's literally like, so what are you looking for in a man? And she's like, I just want someone who will be there for me. And I yelled at the TV. I'm like, that's it? Like, that's literally all you're looking for? It takes a horrible person to, like, not be there for you. Like, I don't know. I feel like that was (laughs) the bare minimum, you know? And I think culture, like, takes the bare minimum. It's like, isn't it great? He, like, literally breathes. And you're like, that is not a big deal. What? Yeah. Like, like um, it's the bare minimum. And so I think that um, a companion is there for you. That's the bare minimum, but a champion will fight for you. Like I said, having those hard conversations, stepping up, doing the hard things. Um, I have a very specific moment when Clay and I were dating where I was like, I have to marry him. Like, I remember it so clearly. Um, There was like some friendship drama going on, and there was a girl who wasn't being very nice to me, and I didn't want to start anything. I didn't want to say anything. I was like, I'm probably overreacting. She's probably just had like a bad 16, 17 weeks. And that's why she's mean to me every day. Um, But I like didn't want to say anything. And so I didn't bring it up to Clay. And I remember one day he called me and he was like, hey, I just want you to know, I've noticed like how she's been treating you. And I have gone ahead and had a conversation and told her that it is unacceptable and she cannot hang out with us if she's going to continue to treat you like that. Right, wow. go Clay, go Clay. And I was like, what? You did, you just did that? Like you saw something and you did something about it and like it wasn't like a whole thing? And that was really a moment where I was like, this is the type of guy who's going to fight for me and fight for my heart and fight for my security. And that was it. That was it for me. I was sold. I would thank you for marrying me after that. Man, I've always wanted to be a champion. Yeah, you are a champion. It's all I Uh, want in this life. So (laughs) to recap, don't settle for a companion. Actually go for someone who will have the hard conversations, who will fight for you, and who will ultimately be a champion in the relationship. Because relationships get hard. Life gets hard. And you want to be yoked with somebody that's going to make you better and be able to fight for you and fight for your relationship for your entire life. That's right. That's so good. Um, Cool. Well, this third one that I've got for you guys is 
Style versus substance. We never go out of style. That's good. That's good. Uh, yeah, you want... Are you wearing the Taylor shirt right now? <laughs> Look at you. Thank you for being here. Love that. <laughs> mm. uh, style versus substance. Uh, let's get back on track. Um, right now, people look for style. Forever, people look for substance. So I feel like our illustration game is so strong tonight. So I want to do Your one more. Your illustration game is so strong tonight. I don't You're know. The investment one fell so flat. illustration team. Uh, okay, so anybody seen Great British Baking Show? Oh, thank so, okay, goodness. so we got some GBV people in the house. Um, <laughs> so my family loves The Great British Baking Show. Me and Allie like to watch it we too. Do. Something I noticed about The Great British Baking Show, they are incredible at designing cakes, incredible at making desserts. They can do bread so well. Mm, uh, they make a good week. cannoli. Like it always looks fantastic. And what I've noticed, we usually get our favorite uh, bakers pretty quickly. It's like, uh, that's my guy. Like he doesn't miss He's making the perfect cakes every single time. And I feel like it becomes pretty clear pretty quickly that like who's gonna be at the end or who's gonna be kind of the winner. Um, but I noticed fairly early on that you can see what cake looks the best, but that doesn't always mean it's going to pass the judgment of mm. these judges. So I'm watching and I'm like, oh my gosh, that cake looks incredible. She's got all of these perfect flowers. The icing is perfectly flat. It's got the glitter. It's got mm. everything that makes a cake look incredible. I wish, I want a picture of this one that they did like with uh, a mushroom and like Toad from Mario Brothers. It looked incredible. And it's like, how does that not win? And then he takes it or he or she takes it up to the judges and Paul Hollywood cuts into it and he takes a bite. And it's like, you can tell on his face, he's like, this tastes terrible. <laughs> They focused all of their time on making this cake beautiful, and it was, it was attractive. I was immediately like, that looks amazing. But at the end of the day, it had no substance. It didn't taste good. It, it, it may look great in the moment, but it doesn't have any flavor. And I've noticed this in cookies too. In stores, they make these amazing cookies that look incredible, and then you bite into it and you're like, what is this? That is so true. Yeah, like these random sugar cookies where the icing's amazing, and you're like, man, this is terrible. It's like biting a rock. What is up with that? Like, but, we, but there's just something in us. We're drawn to beauty. We're drawn to these things that are attractive. And I don't know about you guys, but when I think about a cake or a cookie, I would much rather taste good than look good. I want things to taste good. I want there to be substance, not just style. And I think it's the same with people. I think oftentimes we pursue uh, people who are attractive, people who are beautiful, and that's not a bad thing, but it's the number one thing that I feel like we look at. We're like, oh, that person's attractive, that person's beautiful, and we're like, I'm definitely going for that. That's all I really care about at this point. Attraction is important, but I don't think it's number one. Mm -hmm. I know for me, that was me in high school. Like, as a guy, all we talked about was Ishiha. All of the guys sit in the dugout at baseball practice or whatever, and it's like, who are you dating? Let's see a picture. Like, we want to see how she looks so that we can judge her based on that. Like, growing up, it's just like a natural thing. It's innate that we're just going to go for the people who look attractive. But then I got older and I started caring about stuff that actually mattered and like things that in the inner life that uh, I actually cared about. And all of a sudden I'm chasing after God and I'm in seminary and doing all this stuff. And all of a sudden I walk into a room like this and I see this girl preaching and I'm like, dang, girls do that? <laughs> like do. she's up there we teaching the that. word. And I feel like it was love at first sight for me. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't think it was, yeah, I mean, you're beautiful. Thank but you. teaching the word, <laughs> man, that was awesome. So something in me had completely shifted. All of a sudden, I was looking for stuff that mattered. 
Um, and some of this, again, is innate. We can't help but be at- attracted to um, beauty and certain things. But I think also in our culture, some of it is trained. Some of it is literally just because we watch movies, we watch TV, um, we watch pornography, or we look at magazines. And this stuff is actually starting to have an impact on what we find beautiful or what we find attractive. And so the things that we are taking in is actually beginning to have an impact. I think for a lot of us, we just think those are the things that we're attracted to. Like those are the things that just appeal to me. But I think we have to begin to think about, it's not just something that's in us, it's actually something that we're putting in us. And so if we can begin to change what we're allowing in, we may begin to appreciate and see the beauty in the things that actually matter and the things that are important. And what's so interesting is this has been the case since the beginning of time. And I want to look at a scripture real quick. It's 1 Samuel 9, 2. And y'all probably know this story if you've been around uh, the church for a while. Um, But it's talking about Saul. And so Israel has reached this point where uh, they don't want to be, they don't want to have God as their king anymore. And they're like, we need a leader. We need a king that's going to lead us. And so just read this scripture with me. It's hilarious. Um, This is what, this is how they choose their king, okay? 1 Samuel 9, 2. And he had a son whose name was Saul, a handsome young man. There was not a man among the people of Israel more handsome than he. I love how he just keeps saying handsome, handsome. From his shoulders upward, he was taller than any of the people. So when Israel is looking for a king, everyone believes that Saul is the one to choose because he's good looking, he's handsome, and he's tall. He's strong. We know nothing about this guy except that he's tall and strong and charming. It's like, this is how you want to select your king? But then Saul, he he went and disobeyed God and made poor decisions. And so we chose this king, Israel chose this king based on what they looked like, and it didn't go well. He disobeyed, he made poor decisions. And so looking at this story, I think you can see attractiveness didn't make Saul a good king. And so what I want to say tonight, the point I want to make is that I don't think attractiveness is going to make a good wife or a good husband either when you're looking for your forever person. It's an important factor. I'm not going to say don't be attracted to them, but it shouldn't be the first thing that we look at. I want to continue in the story real quick. Let's look at 1 Samuel 16, 7. Ultimately, Saul had to be removed from his position, and God puts David in his place. And here's how he anoints David. He says, uh, but the Lord said to Samuel, do not look on his appearance or on the height of his stature, because I have rejected him. For the Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. So what we know as we read this is that David actually reigned for a very long time that David was said to be a man after God's own heart, that Jesus Christ came through the line of David, not of Saul. Mm -hmm. And so what do we learn from this? I think it's that we need to try and find people based on what's in their heart. Try our best to see people the way that God does. I know it's not going to be easy, but could getting in his word, getting in community, going to church, making that a priority, um, be beneficial to our relationship and lead to people that we find attractive, and maybe it's gonna begin to shift and rewire the way that we see beauty and attraction. What if we started with the heart and moved from beauty um, and style to substance? All of a sudden you start being attracted to integrity, to character, to honesty, a gentle and quiet spirit. How crazy would that be? All of a sudden I'm noticing a gentle and quiet spirit. I love Proverbs 31 too. It says, Proverbs 31, 30, charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. So guys, are you looking for a woman who fears the Lord or are you looking for someone who looks good in pictures? Same the other way around. Women, are you looking for guys who fear the Lord or are you looking for 
guys that look good in pictures and have six-pack abs or whatever it is, look like Ryan Reynolds and have the humor like him. I mean, geez, it's tough. Uh, external stuff fades, though. Beauty fades. Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain. It doesn't last. Beauty is fleeting. External stuff fades. We're, getting, we're all going to get older. It's just biology. I, I can't do anything about it. You can't do anything about it. So eventually, if that's why you get with someone, you're going to potentially leave that person for the same reason. But I think you could finally win in dating by focusing on the right characteristics, by focusing on what's inside the heart. And I believe the best way to figure that out is in community slowly. Um, I know some people are going to find people on apps, and that's amazing. I know people are getting married on apps and all that good stuff. Uh, but I do think that the best way that you can actually watch someone in the way that they live is to be in community and to watch them slowly. Um, and so I hope you find somebody here just like some of these people have. Um, We're be, so for yeah, that. Yeah, I'm so for that. Um, but yeah, that's point number three. That's great. Yeah. That's great. Um, point number four, final point, um, powerful versus humble. Um, a very powerful person can potentially just be a right now person, but a humble person could be a forever person. I think culture puts a lot of emphasis on power and money and charisma and how they come across to people and reputation. And none of those things are bad, but I she think... She just named like three Taylor Swift songs in there. <laughs> <laughs> Easter eggs, what? Yeah. Uh, Oh, goodness. Um, culture puts such an emphasis on those things. Um, in reality, none of those things are going to potentially make a good spouse. It, that has nothing to do with how you treat people, um, having power, having charisma, all of those things. Um, and so I want to read um, a little bit from Ephesians. But before I do, I want to say these are characteristics that Paul is saying that God really values. And spoiler alert, None of them have to do with power or reputation or any of those things. Um, so Ephesians 5, verse 15, look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is and do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. So I pulled a couple of characteristics out of that big passage of scripture. Wisdom, being self-controlled, um, being joy-filled, being grateful, and ultimately being humble. This last bit says submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ, which literally means for you to look at your partner, at your person, and say, hey, I'm going to take the back seat, and I'm going to put you ahead of myself. I'm going to take my needs, and I'm going to say that your needs are more important. Um, my really good friend Taylor Swift says in her song, Bejeweled, putting someone first only works if you're in their top five, right? Um, and <laughs> I honestly think <laughs> you're my best We did are not plan to talk about friend? her that much. Um, <laughs> I promise. I right. Mean, <laughs> yeah, she's about to come out the back door now. Now let's sing Bejeweled together. Um, no, but I think that's actually really an interesting point for when you're dating. Because if they're not putting you first when you're dating, when you're married for five, six, seven, 10, 20, 30 years, they're not going to put you first. And when you are in a covenant relationship with them, you are still called to put them first, even if they're not putting you first. 
And I think that's why we're so passionate about, that's why we're talking forever about this because we don't want you to just get married because you're lonely or just get married because you wanna be married and then down the road realize, hey, this person is not treating me right. And honestly, as we were praying, even before this service, my heart just got so burdened by people in the room who I think don't realize how valuable they are. Mm. And so they settle for people who don't treat them well because they don't realize that the God of the universe sent his son Jesus to die for them. And that's how valuable you are. Every single person in this room has inerrant value, not because of anything you've done or who you are or your relationship status, but because Jesus looked at you and he loved you so much and God's loved you so much that he sent his son to die for you. And so because of that, we should be with people who treat us well. Mm-hmm. You know? Yep. <laughs> Going off on a tangent here, but that's we love you here. And my, our biggest fear for you is to end up in a relationship where you're not treated with the value that you have. And so tonight, we really want you to take this seriously of who am I allowing in my life? Who is my closest relationship? Who am I walking down this road with that I might ultimately end up marrying? And do they treat me like I am a child of God? Because if they don't, get out. (laughs) I mean, don't do that. But also on the flip side, your partner, your spouse, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, they're also a child of God. Mm. And so they also deserve to be treated really, really well and to submit to one another. Because when you're constantly submitting to one another, you're going to have a healthy relationship that's full of joy and peace and the ability to create a family ultimately that affects generations and generations to come. And so we're taking this seriously, not because it's like fun to talk about, but because it ultimately impacts the future generations, not to get heavy here, but it does. Preach. So ultimately, (laughs) thank you. If you settle for someone just because they're powerful or they have money or they're charismatic or everyone thinks they're cool, you might end up in a relationship that's full of tension and resentment and frustration. And we here really, really, really don't want that for you. That's so good. I think that's so true that we want all of you to find that forever person. That's that person you want to be with, that the spouse of your dreams. But ultimately, my hope and I think our hope for you is that um, you get your relationship with God right first, Mm -hmm. because I think that's where it starts. And so we have these amazing relationships that have met here. And um, I think sometimes our motives can get a little out of whack. I think sometimes we come here looking for a relationship, when in reality, man, come here looking to grow your relationship with God, and then the rest is going to fall into place. Um, I think so many, so often, like she's kind of saying, we stay in relationships because we're afraid of leaving them to go, we're back alone again. Like we're having to deal with this loneliness. And so we stay in them too long and, or we wait to get into a relationship or we can't find the person. And we, so we start to lose confidence in God. And so I just want to say, speak over you tonight that we just need, this is a trust exercise. Like Mm -hmm. relationships is a trust exercise. Like if you're in one and you're like, I'm afraid to be alone, man, get out and just trust God with it. Like see what he does. I think there's an element of this that, man, we just got to surrender our relationship status to him and we just got to trust it to him. And I think when we do that, we experience so much freedom and all of a sudden we start to see that pretty girl or that handsome guy just running alongside of us. And so as we kind of close tonight, yeah, I just want to 
uh, I want everyone to just kind of bow your heads and pray to yourself for a minute. We're going to sing one more song over you, and we'll sing one more together as we end. But um, as we do this, just tell God that you trust him um, in your relationships with her relationship, with his relationship, wherever you're at. Um, and you'll, you'll experience so much freedom in that. And just maybe it's opening your hands as we pray and um, just surrendering it all to him, that ultimately God's in control. He's looking out for your best interest. He's working all things for the good of those who love him. And so I just pray, um, and I hope that you pray right now that um, just release it. Open your hands up, surrender it to him, um, and let him take control, and you'll be so much better off. Thanks for tuning in to the NPYA podcast. To learn more about us, you can follow us on social media at North Point Young Adults, or head to our website, northpoint.org slash youngadults. And if you enjoyed today's episode, make sure you hit that subscribe button so you never miss one. See y'all next time.